0: Now I want to talk to you a little while today. This has been this has been a a bad week for America. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the current things that are happening in our world. And I need the help of the Lord today to speak what I feel. The Lord began to deal with me earlier in the week and I I know it was the Lord, and a couple of days ago, He woke me up early in the morning and laid a scripture on my heart and a word in my spirit, and I want to speak what God has laid on my heart to you this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 7, this scripture, of course, is very familiar, and you could perhaps quote this scripture today. I need Thee, oh, I need Thee, every hour I need Thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. come to thee come on could this be your prayer song today I need magnify the Lord with me one more time today hallelujah hallelujah 2nd chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways Then, will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I want to speak for a little bit this morning by the help of the Lord and by your help. And you know, I've shared with you many times, but it is impossible to preach without there being interaction matter of fact it's impossible what God wants to do this morning it's impossible for him to do it in your life unless you engage in what God wants to do if your demeanor is so I'm just I'm just here I'm going to let everybody else do it it's never going to work we got to engage in what God wants to do so we're going to engage this morning because our response to God our response to the spirit our response by faith, our response by faith moves heaven to respond back to earth. If my people, which are called by my name, shall respond, humble themselves and pray, and seek my face Will I hear from heaven? Heaven responds, forgives their sin, and heals their land. Everything about God he has on a two-way street. He says, I'm going to make some things available, but i got to know how much you want it. I got to know how much you want to engage in what I'm doing because if you engage, get ready because there is no way. See, the principle of giving is not only just in finances. The principle in giving is also in worship. You can't outgive God. You can't worship God more than he's able to bless you. You can't magnify the Lord more than He's able to pour out His blessings on you. There's more to this worship thing than just a little hand clap because somebody asked you to. But when you engage in what God is wanting to do, heaven is going to respond back to earth. Get ready when you engage in what God wants to do. If you'll engage in what He wants to do this morning, I got a feeling heaven is going to respond back to Frankfurt, Indiana today. And we're going to hear the sound of healing and the sound of hope and the sound of forgiveness and the sound from heaven today well I'm preaching already before I ever give my title I'm going to preach by the help of the Lord today what heaven wants to hear what heaven wants to hear in the name of Jesus God, we need your help this morning for the task that sets before me is greater than I, but I pray right now by the anointing and unction of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that you anoint the lips of clay today to preach and you anoint the ears of the hearers and the hearts and the minds of the people to respond to your word that heaven will respond back to earth this morning. And we give you honor and give you praise in Jesus' name. Now, everybody in the room, respond by giving God a great big shout of praise in the house. Come on, magnify Him this morning. Come on, get the attention of heaven this morning. Hallelujah. Yes. We worship you, God. God bless you. Be seated this morning. One of the key elements of every successful life is the uncanny ability to know where you are and to know what direction that you're headed in. Unfortunately, this culture is so cluttered. This, we have become a cluttered field world. And if we're not careful, we will lose sight of where we are in God, and we will lose focus on our highest priorities and callings. God began to deal with me this week, Monday after we left. Many of you were at the park for fireworks, and as we made our way, most of us, many of us walked back here to to the church from off the golf course after watching the fireworks. While I was there at the fireworks throughout the day, the Lord had been dealing with me, and I just felt like coming back to the church and having a time and a season of prayer. And the Lord began to deal with my spirit about my priorities and about the calling that He's placed in my life. And I began to recognize how cluttered my world has become. Anybody else identify with that? My life has become cluttered. And if we're not careful, we can lose focus of our highest priorities. And when this happens, our priorities gradually will change and our very Reason for living can get lost in the mind field of life. Anybody identify with that? Therefore, people pull away and they say, I've got to find myself. And we make light of that. But in all reality, some of us need to take close accountable, we need to be very accountable of our life and take very close uh, scrutiny of our life and recognize how cluttered our life has become and how that our priorities, if we're not careful, will be replaced with simple, meaningless, temporal things instead of God's eternal purpose in our life. The church is supposed to be a landmark and a lighthouse that points the way in a landscape that has often become very forgetful to the reality and the condition of the world that we live in. While it happens across the country, as long as it's not happening on our home front, and as long as it's not happening in our house, let the world do what they want, remain silent, don't speak and don't act, and let the world pass us by. In the midst of our passive mentality, we can easily forget the reality of the condition that we are really living in. If the church loses its vibrancy and its light grows dim and we find ourselves easily enamored with all of the things of life, the other things that make up all of life's enjoyments, and our focus simply shifts from the eternal and from our purpose and our calling and where we're headed to. And if we're not careful, it will shift to where we are now and how much fulfillment I have in life now. And we start living for the moment instead of living for that moment, the urgency of eternal judgment seems to take a back seat to the more imminent inputs of the world around us. We soon completely will lose our way. We will forget that this stage that we are on is simply a test. God promised us 70 years and this 70 years of life that He has promised us. Some a few more, and some a few less. But it is only a breath in comparison to eternity. Yet we live our entire life for this moment of gratification, satisfaction, personal fulfillment, And if we're not careful, we will lose sight of eternity. And we will lose sight of the purpose that God has called this church and us as individuals to. When we get so enamored with our things, with our money, with our cars, with our land, and with our houses, and we don't have time to reach out to a world that is around us and fulfill the great commission that God has called us to. We have simply gotten too busy to be the bride of Christ because the bride of Christ must find itself worthy and he has charged us and called us to be light in the middle of a dark world. He has called us to come out from among them and be separate. But we also are to shine a light in the middle of the darkness of this world. It ought to not be some hate group, some hate organization. It ought to not be some other religion. It ought to not be any other denomination. It ought to be the apostolic Christian world that is rising up in the middle of the darkness of this night that is speaking a light of hope a light of unity a lot of love to this world and lets the world know it doesn't matter what color you are or what your occupation is. Jesus died for everybody and everybody needs a chance of salvation. It doesn't matter what street you live on, what your last name is, where you came from, or how much you can put in an offering plate. What matters is that your soul is reached by the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody give God a shout of praise. What is it that has caused the church and the world to get to the point that we are? We have become temporal. We've become petty-minded. We become temporally minded. We have forgotten that this world is not our home. We lose. Our edge when we forget that this is only preparation for where we're going to. Why is this? I believe it is because the church, I blame it on the church today, because the church has failed to keep heaven in view. We have put our priorities on the temporal. We put our Priorities on the here and the now. I spoke to a group of young men that met with me Monday night here around these altars, and I said to them the call of God can't be pawned off on people that don't have a passion for souls. But if we are going to fulfill the Great Commission, and we are going to do the work that God has called us to, we're going to have to rise up to the occasion in this season. And we're going to have to go to where they are. And we're going to have to meet them at the point of their need. And we've got to share with them this wonderful message that saved us. Because if it wasn't for the grace of God, where would we be if it wasn't for the mercy of God where would we be you don't deserve to be here I don't deserve to be in this platform this morning I deserve to be I deserve to be in a graveyard somewhere but it was grace and mercy that brought me to where I am we don't hear as much preaching and singing about heaven as we used to. It's because we become temporal. I believe it's time to remind the world and the church that heaven is real. And hell is real. And eternity is long. And there is no other opportunity for you. It's either heaven or hell for eternity. And when we all pastor, you're going to preach that hard on a Sunday morning, the world has got to hear it. There's no reason to sugarcoat it and tell them there may be some other way. There is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There is only one hope of salvation. There is only one route out of this world. And you better be ready when the trumpet sounds if you don't go by way of the grave. you got to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And the world needs to hear it. I mentioned at the beginning of remarks that I made this morning how proud I am of these three young men sitting on this platform. What would have happened this week if they would have preferred to get their fishing poles and go fishing and nothing wrong with it if they did? What would have happened this week if they would have been about something else, working somewhere else, doing something else? But they took their free time in the middle of summer before camp and said, I'm going to go out. Spencer came to me yesterday. He said, Dad, I have found every building in Lebanon that may be available. We're going to begin to follow up. I have a list of 30 something people that has promised that they will be at the first service when we get a church started in Lebanon. The Lord began to Smite my heart and speak to me and say what we've been talking about. Three young men are going to get out on the street and are going to make it happen. You know why I believe that the church is going in the right direction? Because there's young men and young women full of passion and anointing that are going to rise up to the occasion and say, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. We are living in the final moments of this race. I am fairly certain that that's the lights of home that I see. I'm fairly certain that that breeze we feel is from the crystal sea. I'm fairly certain that the Lord is standing by. On heaven's balcony, Gabriel has the trumpet to his lips, waiting for the call. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we have come too far to turn around. Paul said, eye has not seen an ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which the Lord has prepared for them that love him. We are living in the last days. We are living in the final moments. Don't lose sight of heaven. Don't lose sight of the reward. Don't lose sight of the purpose for which we have come this far. Keep on keeping on. Don't turn around. Don't get enamored with the things of this world. We've got to make heaven. America has turned her back on God. They boo Him off of their stage in life. They push Him off of the platform of their daily life. Drugs, murder, perversion has become commonplace in our world. Things that we used to hear about happening in other parts of the world are now happening in our own backyard. Yet, the church is more concerned about our comforts, the comforts of our flesh, than the things of God. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus when he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Church, we are living in the last days. If you are under the sound of my voice this morning and you don't know for certain that you're ready, you need to get ready. You better hear this preacher this morning. I didn't come to frighten you. I didn't come to scare you. But I came this morning to tell you that everything I know about Scripture is lining up and pointing to one thing. There is one common theme I see in everything that is happening in the world. And that is that the church is about to be called out of here. The church has a hope. Oh, what in the world? I don't know what's going on in the world. It doesn't really matter what happens in the world. I have a hope that is not of this world. I have a hope in Christ Jesus. And without that hope, I would be of all men most miserable. I don't know what's going to happen in the elections. And I don't really care because my kingdom is not of this world. Pastor, what do you mean you don't care? It's all part of the great lineup of what God is going to do. The unrest we feel in the world is all part of things lining up with what God is going to do. Get ready. Keep your ear tuned. Gabriel's about to sound the trumpet, and the church is going to be called out of here. You better make sure you're ready. You better get your family ready. Get your house in order. The church has become so enamored with the thought of being here with us as we deal with the troubles of this life. Our focus has become and our prayers have become how God can bless us here and how God can get us through the troubles of life here. And our rejoicing is that God is with us here. What we forget is if our only hope is here. We will be among the most miserable. But our hope must not be focused on what God is doing here. But it's got, it's got to be focused on where we are headed to and what the other side is going to look like. The church needs a revival. The church needs a refocus of heaven. The world needs a revival. And the world will get revival when the church gets revival. The things that have happened this week are absolutely despicable. I cannot, simply cannot imagine. Like many of you, I have watched videos. I have watched them over and over and over. I have attempted to draw conclusions and come to opinions in my own mind, but I still don't have all the information. Be careful not to prejudge. What I have to say this morning is what we have seen this week is the senseless loss of life. People who had nothing to do with the supposed issues at hand were murdered in cold blood by people they had never met. Some of them died while protecting the very ones they were responsible for. To protect, ended up turning and killing them. Our nation is divided like never before. Some of you are older than me and may be able to speak in a different tone than I can this morning. But in my mind, I can say I don't believe we have ever been at a point of such unrest in America as we are experiencing right now. Political unrest, social unrest, religious unrest, economic unrest. It is unrest on every side. I have heard the cries of every group. I have heard them say that what is happening is a great setup of the high levels of government, People are being hired. I'm not subscribing to, con- to conspiracy theorist ideas this morning. And I'm not perpetrating the ideas. But I've heard it all and I don't really know. I can say this. I've never walked in a policeman's shoes and I've never walked in a black man's shoes. But I do know this much. I walk in my own shoes and my shoes need Jesus. As we look around us and see the political unrest on every side. It used to be that the Democrats and the Republicans held different views. But they both loved America. And they loved America enough to have different views but come together for common purposes. But not today. I have never known nor seen nor lived at a point in my lifetime that I have seen the Democrats and the Republicans begin to hate one another. God don't ever let it happen in the church. You have your own view and I can have mine but I've got to tell you that we need to agree that Jesus is the answer. The world is at odds and hate is present on every side. Name calling. The slurs, the crazy ideas that are being perpetrated across social media. Racial unrest, like I have never seen in my lifetime. I was born during the days of the Civil Rights Movement. As a child, I remember marches through the streets of the little small southern town that I grew up in. But I can say that I have never seen racism and division like it is today on every side. The sin of racism is much worse today than it was 15, 20, or 25 years ago. We are not moving forward with racism. We are moving backwards. I normally don't address these things like I'll address it this morning. But I want to say to you that it is time that the church squares its shoulders and puts both feet on the ground. And regardless what your history looks like, what your family tree looks like, it is time that we quit joking about racial things. I don't want to hear your racist jokes. Oh, I'm going to come strong with you. It's time the church cleans up its acts and wraps your arms around one another, red, yellow, black, or white. The Great Commission is to go to all the world and preach all the gospel to every creature regardless of the color of their skin. Come on, Christian Life Church. It's a shame that we live in a city of 30 to 35% Hispanics and we don't have 30 to 35% Hispanics in our church. You can get quiet on me if you want to. Brother Alfonso Suarez came to me. I, I think he's preaching this morning in Indianapolis. I wish he was here today. He came to me the other day. He said, Pastor, he said, it's time. Can I get a room back here? I have two families ready. I said, Brother Suarez, I've been waiting for this moment. There ought to not be a black church, a white church, or a Spanish church. There is one Lord. One faith, one baptism, and one church. (laughs) The walls of racism have got to fall. Religious unrest throughout our world. Is at an all time high. I have never lived in the day that we live today or seen anything in my 48 years of living. I have never seen such religious hate. I know, I see the graphic pictures of what they are doing, I see what they're doing to our people, to our children to our women, to our schools. I understand that the face of the United States of America has changed over the last few years, particularly since 9-11. It can be difficult when we look at all of the things that have happened, but the Lord never called the church to hate I don't agree I don't agree I don't believe their message of hate you will not find in the Bible where the Lord told us to hate anything other than sin you will not find where the Lord told us To hate any tribe or any nation or any people. The Lord hates sin and He told us to hate sin. But we gotta love people even if they hate us. You gotta love people enough that you wanna share with them this incredible message that God has given us even if you don't like what they are doing. I may have half a congregation next week when I come back, but the Lord has called me to stand in this (laughs) pulpit and to preach to this church. Our hate for the Arab world is we've got to repent of it. I know what they've done to our country. I see the pictures of the beheadings. I see the pictures of what they're doing. I hate what they are doing. I hate the sin. I hate the false doctrine that they're spreading. But we've got to love them enough to not let hate get in our spirit. We've got to reach a point just because I see somebody that don't look like me that I'm going to walk off and let them die and go to hell. But I've got to get to where they are. And heaven's got to hear me reaching out to them and praying for them and doing everything I can to see them saved. I understand the Arab Muslim world wants to kill Christians. Mohammed was a warmonger who was personally responsible for the death of thousands of Jews. I know that at least 26 times the Quran calls for the killing of Jews and Christians. But still, the Bible never gives me an excuse to hate. I'm going to tell you what the message of Christian Life Church has got to be. It doesn't matter whether they speak our language. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. And I don't want to belabor the point this morning, but we better rise up from where we are in these last days. And we better take this Acts 238 message to everybody we possibly can because I believe there are dozens of Steves that is waiting on a street corner somewhere for a Spencer to get to where they are and to tell them Jesus loves you. Steve, pardon me, I don't want to embarrass you this morning. Spencer shared a little bit of your story with me. He told me that you spoke to him and told him, I have never felt love like I feel from you three young men that are poured into my life today. Steve, there's a lot of people out there that need another Steve to come to them and tell them Jesus loves you. There's a church that will show love to you no matter if you can speak their language, no matter the color of your skin, no matter where you came from. We are living in the last days. If you've got a lost loved one that's not saved, do yourself and them a favor. You better get on the phone with them today. And you need to tell them what this preacher's telling you. No man knows the day nor the hour. But I will tell you this much I don't see anything that's left. All we need right now is for the peacekeeper, the peacemaker that's going to bring peace to the world to rise up right now and bring in the middle of all the economic and social and religious unrest and political unrest that somebody's gonna rise on the occasion with all the answers for the world, and the world is gonna to turn to him and he. He's going to be able to call fire down out of heaven and the masses of the world are going to run to where He is and they're going to fall at His feet and worship Him as God. But the church is going to already be gone. What I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, is that God's timetable is wrapping up. You better get this message to everybody you can. You better call everybody you can. i got to wrap this up and conclude my thought this morning. What is it pastor that heaven wants to hear? Heaven wants to hear the prayer of repentance. Heaven wants to hear a prayer of repentance. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. The second thing heaven wants to hear is that heaven wants to hear a prayer of submission. God I'll lay aside everything else in the world and I'll submit to what you've called me to do. I'll Go to the highways and the hedges. The greatest revival is going to come in these last days. In the middle of the great falling away it's going to come a great revival. Get to where you can call your neighbors. Call your, your loved ones. Call everybody. Call your kids. Get them in the house of the Lord. Get them saved before it's too late. Jesus, heaven, heaven, heaven wants to hear a prayer of willingness. Monday night I shared with this group of young men that met me here close to midnight for prayer. The Lord spoke the scripture. I had all day, I had walked through the park and I had quoted it over and over again. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors. Pray ye therefore, I'm saying, God, send forth labors. God, send forth labors. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he'll send forth labors. Toward the afternoon and the evening, I began to question God. I said, God, if you already know that we need labors, then why don't you just send them? If you already know we need revival, then why don't you just send revival? If you already know, why do you want the church to pray the Lord of the harvest? Why do you want the church to have to pray about it? If you already know and you're commanding us to do it, obviously, Lord, you know we need labors. So why don't you just get a group of people and why don't you just send them? And the Lord said, because I can't pawn your responsibility off on somebody else. I said, Lord, I'm pretty busy. He said, yeah, what are you busy with? Why pray? Why, Lord, did you tell us to pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth labors? Send them forth, Lord. And he said, I can't send anybody forth that doesn't have their heart ready to be sent. So I'm telling you to pray the Lord of the harvest because prayer changes the prayer. And when you start praying the Lord of the harvest, I'm going to change your heart and you're going to realize that who I'm trying to send to the harvest field is not your neighbor. But who I'm trying to send to the harvest field is the prayer warrior that will begin to pray the Lord of the harvest that gets a burden for souls so deep that you say, God, no matter what it takes, send people to the harvest field. God will begin to try to send you. Well, I'm not interested and you won't be interested in heaven because the Lord is wanting to send you to the harvest field i got to wrap this up. I've got to go. Gentry came to me this week. In the early part of the week, he called me one night, his mom and I and Dylan Spencer, and we gathered. I think Cameron was at the house. I never know. There's always so many boys at my house. We gathered around the piano. Dylan gave him a key. He said, Dad, I want to teach you a little song. He said, I heard it. I want you to listen to it. He sang it through a couple of times, and I picked it up and started singing it. And it's been my prayer this entire week. I don't know what you're going to do with this this morning. It's up to you because I'm through preaching. This song has been my prayer through this week. I'm sure Gentry will be disappointed when he finds out that I sang it before he got an opportunity to. He's in Alaska this morning. Maybe he'll sing it there. But maybe this song would be your prayer. You're going to pick up on it because the words are real simple. And I just want you just to let it be your prayer. And I want you to close your eyes where you are this morning. You can stand. You can remain seated. It doesn't really matter. But I want you to plug into what the Lord is wanting to do in the house right now. And I just want you to remain right where you are just for the moment. And then when the Lord begins to draw you, I want you just to step out from where you are and respond to what God is wanting to do. The little song goes like this Lord, whatever. You're doing in this season Don't do it without me Don't do it without me Lord, whatever You're doing in this season Please don't do it without me. Count me in, Lord. Don't do it without me. Say, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. please don't do it without me. Listen. Lord, if you're healing, healing in this season, don't do it without me. Please don't do it without me. Say, Lord, whatever you're doing in this city don't do it without me come on now don't do it without me say Lord whatever you're doing in this season don't do it without me no don't do it me. I want to be called part, Lord. Whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Oh, Lord, if you're healing, heal in this season don't do it without me don't do it without me say Lord if you're restoring restoring in this season don't Come on, let this be your prayer today. Say, Lord, whatever Whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Oh, don't do it without me. Here's what I want you to do today. I want you to throw your hands in the air right now, and I want you to begin to speak the names of people. That God has spoken into your life don't while I have preached this morning. Me. Come on, speak the don't names of people. God is preparing harvesters me. in this building Lord, this morning. Whatever revival, right in the middle of summertime, revival is about to break out. I want you to speak some names. Don't do it Come on, God's going to save some folks. Speak some names today. Claim it. Claim them. Speak their names. Don't don't do it without me. Oh, do it without me. me. Say, Lord, Lord, whatever whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without without me. me. Don't do it it without me. Oh, Lord, if you're healing, healing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Oh, Lord, if you're blessing, Blessing in the season Don't do it without me Oh, please don't do it without me Say, Lord, if you're blessing Blessing in the season So don't do it without me Oh, don't do it without me yes lord whatever you're doing yes, in the city, lord, in in the city. city. Don't, don't do it without me, me. no don't, don't do, do it without me, me. oh lord whatever it's you're doing in the season don't, don't do it Without me oh Lord not do come on if you feel comfortable why don't you reach over grab Lord, a neighbor this morning if, if one puts a thousand to flight two, ten thousand season, come on we're going to do this do it me. find somebody oh, that you can link up with this morning me. and declare Lord, we're going to reach the lost I want my family saved, but I'm not going to be so selfish that I'm not going to take it to somebody else. I'm going to take it to work. I'm going to take it to school. I'm going to take it every day, everywhere I go. whatever you doing in this season, don't do it without me. Yeah. Don't do it without me. Oh, Lord. Lord, whatever you're doing in the season, don't do it without me. Oh, don't do it without me. Lord, if you're restoring, restoring in the season.